Hi, beautiful people. My name is Alicia Renice, and I'm so happy that you are here. Welcome to my impromptu live on anger. Um, I wanted to talk about this. I was actually recording a podcast, but the words just weren't coming. It just wasn't working. And so I said, forget it. Let's just go live because it's just easier. I was going to record a video and edit it, and I just didn't didn't feel like it. So here we are. <laughs> so here we are. So this is actually a live podcast recording of my podcast called The Love Letter Project. And in The Love Letter Project, I usually use audio of the video that I do, but I also do separate audio. And so I'm going to do it here. So welcome. All right. So today we're going to talk about the angry black woman. Um, as a black woman, <laughs> it has been my experience that a lot of us try really hard to avoid being called angry because of the weight that comes along with being called angry. It's a lot of shame. It's a lot of uh, gaslighting that happens when black women are called angry. And so we try to avoid it like the plague. But what if anger is actually the key to our healing? And this is something that I've been journaling about today and I wanna share it with you guys. So welcome. I hope that you're having a wonderful day. I wanna also give you a forewarning. Someone down the street is holding a, a cookout and so it might be loud. So if you hear it, that's what's going on. It's also looking like it might thunderstorm. So I'm gonna try to get in here and um, get out of here, but give y'all what y'all, what y'all, what I think is helpful to you all. So welcome. Okay, so hi everybody. Hi Jamile, thank you. Hi Deshaun Burns, hello. Hi the other MJ, it's always good to see you. Hey A-Lined, Mika, hello Mika. Hey Nay, oh it's a lot of y'all here. Hey, hey Southern Rose Tia D. Hey Montice, hey Chestina Bulgin, hello, hello. Um, I didn't really expect a lot of people to be here because it's Saturday and people are out living their lives, um, but I'm glad that you all are here, happy Saturday. Okay, all right, so. So I have always been sensitive. I've always been a sensitive woman. I'm um, growing up, I was a sensitive girl. And so with being sensitive comes a lot of emotions. You know, you have fear, anger, uh, resentment, and you have these big people emotions with no language to use them. But I know as a young child, anger was the one emotion that I wanted to avoid. I didn't wanna be angry. I felt like it was wrong to be angry. Like it was a sin to be angry. Especially growing up in the church, we're taught to you know, just turn the other cheek and to smile you know, when we're oppressed or treated wrongly or when we're treated unfairly, right? Like just to, to bear and grin it and to move on. And so for me, anger was something that I thought was bad. I thought it was bad to be angry and so I tried to avoid it. I tried to avoid being called angry. I tried to avoid the bad feelings of anger, right? And so, like I said, in school and in church, you're taught to swallow it, to swallow your pain and your frustration and your anger. And growing up, becoming a woman, right, black, the angry black woman trope is used to silence women, to gaslight us, to make us feel this big so that we're not doing what we need to do. We're not standing up for ourselves. We're not standing up for our communities. We're not speaking up when we should be because we're afraid of being labeled angry. Because when that label of anger or bitter is put on you, you're less likely to stand up for yourself. You're less likely to fight for what you really need and desire, right? Because we don't want to upset other people. So black women being called angry has been used to dehumanize us, to dismiss us, right? Oh, she's just an angry and bitter black woman um, as a way to silence us and dismiss us. But, but black women aren't allowed to be angry here. <laughs> black women are not allowed to be angry. We're not allowed to be quiet. We're not allowed to be too loud. We're not allowed to be too uh, prideful. We're not allowed to be too meek and too humble. It's like always trying to toe a line between like enoughness and not, and not enough and then also like not too much, right? Being a black woman is complicated. And so a lot of us have left behind our anger or so we think. We think that we should push down our anger because we don't want to be labeled the angry black woman. If I speak up for myself, if I send my food back, if I demand more pay, I'm just gonna be an angry, an angry black woman. 
Yes. So we're not seen as human. And in that, we're not allowed to be human and to have emotions, to be angry, to be sad, to be all the things is human. And so even with like enslavement, the idea of black women being human has been taken from us and we have not allowed ourselves to be human. And so we're feeding into their idea of us that we are unable you know, to feel emotion and all these different things, pain, all that stuff. We're taught to swallow it. And again, it's reinforced in school and in church and at work, at work, where a lot of these harm and this harmful and these harmful things happen. We're taught to smile and grin and bear it. And so we're treated, we're treated as if our anger dehumanizes us and it teaches us to be ashamed of ourselves. It teaches us to just allow people to harm us without any consequences. Again, in churches, school, work, where a lot of this stuff happens. And everyone wants to talk about anger, the angry black woman, but nobody wants to talk about the pain underneath. And I've heard it said before that anger is a secondary emotion. <laughs> the first emotion is pain, it's hurt, or it's something else like disappointment or fear or violation or theft or abandonment or abuse, right? And these are legitimate feelings. And if we humanize black women's anger, it will be, it will be um, revealed how others have been complicit in our pain. Right. So a lot of people don't want black women to express their anger or their frustrations or their sadness about how people treat them because it shows too many people how complicit they've been in black women's pain. So instead of dealing with my own stuff, I'm going to gaslight you and just say, you're just you're just angry. You're just bitter. Right. Instead of dealing with my own stuff, dealing with the things that I'm doing to you, instead, I'm just going to call you angry and bitter. Because that's easier. It's easier than dealing with my stuff and saying, hmm, how am I causing harm here? <laughs> how am I being offensive? Or how, how am I being complicit, silent, while I'm watching you being abused and misused by other people? Nobody wants to do that internal work. And so they put that shame onto us, that shame of being angry, that shame of being human, right? Nobody wants to talk about why Black women are angry. <laughs> why Black women are angry, right? There, and then there's the, this internal shame of truth that's placed onto us, right? There's this internal shame of like, dang, I can't really express what I wanna say. And so they no longer have to oppress us, subject us, silence us because we silence ourselves. We cut off our own voice because we feel like we're not allowed to be angry. But our anger is nothing to be ashamed of. Anger is information. <laughs> anger is information. To not deal with, see, or make room for our anger is a violation to ourselves. To not deal with, see, or make room for our anger is a violation of ourselves. We have internalized the oppressor and inflicted it onto ourselves and each other, which is why we tell each other, stop being so sensitive. You're just being angry. Why are you so angry? Why are you upset? Right? Like, we, we say this to other people and then we shame them. And so they stop advocating for themselves. They stop speaking up for themselves. They think that they're wrong because they're not allowed to be angry either, right? And so we internalize, like I said, the oppressor and inflict it on ourselves and each other. And we learn to take more than we should. Again, I talked about in church, <laughs> you know, turn the other cheek, smile. Um, what is that? There's a scripture that says, take heart or take joy when you are, uh, what's the word? When you are oppressed or when you are persecuted, right? We're supposed to smile at persecution, even though it hurts. We're supposed to pretend that everything is fine, even though we're furious. And we swallow that fury, we swallow that anger, that fire, right? And again, we learn to take more than we should. We remain silent and complicit to be free of harm. It's a survival tactic so that we're not ousted, we're not treated unfairly, 
more than we already have been, <laughs> we're pushed to the side. And so to avoid being pushed to the side, we swallow our anger and that only hurts us and the others in our community. And it also hurts the other people that are harming us because now they're not able to be held accountable for what they do, right? But let me see what y'all saying in the comments because I have a lot to say, <laughs> I have a lot to say. But good afternoon, everybody. It's good to see you. Oh, hey, Arizona. I hear it's hot down there. I hope you're staying cool. I hope you're staying cool. Oh, yes. Playing at a water park. And hello, everybody. It's good to see y'all. Hey, Taylor. Um, uh, Kutober Booter says, me too. OMG, I relate to this. I have so much repressed anger because I wanted to avoid being called the angry black woman. And same. I realized I'm in my angry era. <laughs> I'm in my angry era. Like, I am angry. I am angry. I'm angry about a lot of things that I have suppressed that I have pushed down because I thought it was unholy or wrong to be angry. I thought that something was wrong with me if I really admitted, no, I am pissed off because I want it to be liked. I want it to be favored. I want it to be seen. I want it to be heard. And if I start with anger and say like, I'm upset about this thing, you're silenced. You're told to be quiet. So yeah, so I am angry. I am the angry black woman. I am an angry black woman and I'm not ashamed of that anymore. And so I hope that during this conversation, we can unlearn or start to unlearn and unpack that shame because it's a process. It takes time. Hey, LA, yeah, welcome, welcome, Rela, yeah, welcome. Marna says, I learned that anger was wrong because my mom was physically abusive. So me being called angry meant I was like my mom, an abusive, impulsive woman. Thank you for sharing this, Marna. I appreciate that. And I think that really does shed light on the shame, like how deep it goes, right? There's so many layers to anger. And so we see people acting out of rage and being harmful to people, and we don't want to be that person. And so we deny ourselves the ability to feel anger because we don't want to be seen as that person. We don't want to do harm like that person. It's almost like we're afraid. I know for myself, my father was abusive and he was very angry and uncontrolled. And so for me, I was afraid of being like him. Like I was afraid of being like him, just like angry. And so I, and because he took up so much room with his anger, I shrunk with mine. I, I, was, I was afraid of myself. I was afraid of him. I was afraid of people seeing me like him. So thank you so much for sharing that. I appreciate that. Hello. Hey, I'm ha happy that you're here. Happy that y'all here. Let's see. Yes. Why is she angry? Why is she angry? Anger is sadness that had nowhere to go for a long time. Speak facts. Speak. Speak facts. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. Ebony says, yes, people love to police black women, how we look, how we respond to life situations. Black women are judged harshly by other black women, black men in society. Yes, they are. There's no grace for black women. There's no room for black women to be human. There's no room for error, right? Like there's so much pressure on us, put on us to be everything to everybody. And I think because of that pressure, it's like, there's no room for us. There's no room for our own humanity. We're, we're prioritizing the humanity and the the well-being of everybody else, our family members, our spouses, whoever, right? That we put ourselves on the back burner. Sorry, I was getting dark because I think of my thunderstorm, <laughs> but we're gonna try to work through this. Hey, Marcus, so glad to hear this kind of thing. I think it's good work. Yeah, me too, me too. I have begun to look in the mirror and say like, I am angry. And in me admitting that I'm angry, like it starts to let off some of that steam and I feel less burdened. I feel less burdened. Because other black women and men police our looks, emotions, and reactions, it can make you feel alone until you find someone or people who feel you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Nola Shadi. I always say this wrong, but I'm happy to see you. And thank you so much. I got this from Target. It's a Target shirt. <laughs> yes. Oh, thank you, baby. <laughs> Jamal just came in and turned on the lights for me. Thank you, baby. But yes, um, you're too sensitive. Yes, I've heard that my entire life. My entire life, I have been told that I'm too sensitive. Yes. 
Yes. Thank you all for seeing Marna and making room for Marna. I'm sorry, Marna, that your mom was physically abusive. You didn't deserve that, and you didn't, and I hope you know that you didn't deserve that. Um, I have taught myself to not feel my anger because I thought it'd make me a better version of me, and I couldn't have been more wrong. Aha. Uh -huh. Yes, I'm learning the same thing. Um, oh, I have heard that I'm too sensitive all my life. Same. Same. All the time. Ebony says, exactly, Alicia. No room for error for black women. That's so insane because we're only human. Exactly. But again, when you think about the history here in the States specifically, like in the West, I'll say in the West, there's this idea that black women are not human. You know, we were here seen as machines. We were here seen as workhorses, right? Like we're, we're seen as workhorses, not as human. There was no room for us to have a bad day. There was no room for us to express emotion, which is why a lot of our ancestors didn't. A lot of our ancestors, our grandmothers, our grandparents didn't express emotion because it was handed down to them. That bondage, that emotional baggage was handed down to them and given no room to express themselves in a healthy way, right? No room to vent because they're too busy surviving. So I feel like there's some privilege that we have now to express and explore those feelings um, and to push back and to interrogate, interrogate those feelings. But it's not missed on me that it is a privilege because our ancestors before didn't and could not do that. So yes, so yes. But it's good that we're unlearning these things. It's, I'm happy, I'm happy. Hey, The Dark Nate, no worries, you're on time. This, is, this was really an impromptu live. I wasn't planning on doing this. I was actually doing a podcast and it just was not flowing. And I said, let me just go live, it's easier. <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> um, I journaled my anger. Sometimes I scream here at home, yes. Um, but hey, it's my truth. Hey, <laughs> okay, do what you have to do. Sometimes I go for a walk and that feels great. Yes, Abs hey, Alexis, hey, I'm glad you're here. Finding what's true to me. Someone said anger is self-love. Ooh, it's your soul saying, don't treat me that, don't treat me like that. Um, I, I thought that was deep. Yeah, same, same. Yes, the silent generation. Yes, yes. So grateful. I'm grateful that you're here for this conversation too. I'm trying to find balance with my anger. Same, and we're gonna get to that. Same, same. Okay, so yes. All right. So because we're afraid of being angry, we swallow our anger. Yes, black women are angry. <laughs> We experience anger just like every other human being does. And to embrace our anger and rage is to reclaim our humanity for ourselves. To give ourselves the permission and the privilege to be angry is a reclamation of self, of ourselves, of even unexpressed anger from our ancestors that they could not express, right? Like out of fear of retaliation, out of fear of, of being harmed, you know what I mean? Like we're, we're, we see what our parents go through. We see what our grandparents go through. There's anger that they express that they pass down to us. There's anger that we feel seeing what they had to go through, or what they have to go through, right? And so we're carrying so much anger. The wind is blowing. So if we, if we get disconnected, just know it thunderstormed. <laughs> and I'll be back later. <laughs> we'll, re we'll finish this conversation later. But yes. So every human being expresses and feels anger because we are human. But we're the only ones that are not allowed to be angry. We're the only ones. We're supposed to take it on the chin. Grin and bear it. You're such a strong black woman. You're resilient. Don't let them see you sweat, right? Like, and so we start to gaslight ourselves. The work that oppressors did to our ancestors, to us, to the culture, right? We start to internalize and do to ourselves. They don't have to do it to us anymore. We do it to ourselves and to other people. We have been complicit and we also push people. <laughs> we push people to deny their anger, deny their humanity, deny their divinity. Yes. It's, it's, it's looking dark outside. Jamal had to come in and turn on the light. So I'm like, oh God, I hope it's okay. But if it starts lightning and thundering, y'all, I'm out of here. I'm gonna come back. <laughs> I'm gonna come back. But yes, okay. All right, so bear with me all this. I'm reading from my notebook because I journaled about this this morning. So folks will always shame black women, but we don't have, we don't have to shame ourselves because it's not our shame. 
It's a tactic for others to not address their own shame. Because what, what would be wrong with experiencing and expressing anger? Why would we need to control other people's emotion? We say stuff like, it's, it's a bad emotion. It's not a bad emotion, it's real. Just as real as happiness, as hunger, as hope, as humor. And it's a beautiful emotion, it's necessary. Anger is necessary. There are beautiful uses for anger. And I want to, I'm trying to learn how to use my anger as fuel or as, uh, ooh, thunder. I'm trying to use my anger as, as the flame to get started, right? I don't want to use it as fuel, but I want to use it as inspiration, as inspiration. Anger has its place. Anger can be used to become aware of what's wrong. Anger is an emotion and emotions are showing you what's right and what's wrong for you, right? Something, something is misaligned. Something is not right. And anger shows us, hey, girl, you're being mistreated. Hey, girl, you're being violated. Hey, girl, they said this to you and that hurts your feelings, right? Like that's what anger is expressing to us so that we can do what we can to make the situation right. Whether it's confront somebody, right? Um, whether it's confront somebody or whether it's removing ourselves from the situation, all those different things. And anger is an invitation to tune in and to hear yourself and actually listen What's really at the root of your anger? So if, if anger is a secondary emotion, there's something underneath of there. It's like anger is like the, the I'm thinking about Pokemon. Like, you know how like there's like the first Pokemon and like, and it changes. It's like the next level of your emotion, of your pain. What is at the root? Is it betrayal, fear? Again, is it violation? Name it and see yourself and those feelings so that you can heal. Because you can't heal or deal with what you refuse to see or touch. You pretending it doesn't exist is like feeling stuff in your closet, right? We don't see it, but it's there and it lingers. You know it's there. <laughs> you know it's there and it bubbles underneath the surface. It might not come up, but you feel it. And when it does come up because you don't give it room to express itself, right? When it does come up, it's explosions. It's harm. It's harm to yourself. It's harm to other people, right? It's being uh, passive aggressive to people who don't deserve it. It's exploding onto people who don't deserve it. It's being harmful, when we suppress it, but when we express it, we're able to use it for something good and positive. So anger can be uncomfortable to experience because it's not fun, but it's a holy and sacred emotion and we should honor it and honor yourself. Allow yourself to be human. See yourself. Your anger is trying to teach you, protect you and love you. Anger can be used as inspiration or fuel for change, right? It shows it excuse me, it should make us angry and upset about certain things. So we talked about this yesterday. It should make us angry that people are starving. It should make us angry that people are being harmed. It should make us angry that there's wars going on, right? It should make us angry that people are being underpaid. This stuff should make us angry. It, sh it should bother us at least. Like it should be like, mm, something's, mm, something's wrong there. Something's amiss. You know what I mean? Like it's like the gauge on a, this is like the sign for alarm, but it's like the gauge on a dashboard in a, in a car. Like that, hmm, something's off. Tire is losing some air. Hmm, the engine's a little hot, right? Like it's, it's just showing us information. It's showing us information. We should be upset about abuse and neglect. We should be upset about homelessness and hunger. We should be upset about theft and poverty. We should be upset about every ism, every ism. And anger sparks movements that we see now and that, has, that have existed in the past. Like when we talk about civil rights, voting rights, nonprofits being started, all of that has touched, at least touched anger. And somebody saw that and said, let me do something different. Let me try to right this wrong. Let me try to make right what is wrong, right? 
even in all of these other other emotions and feelings, right? So so yes, people experience anger, but also they experience compassion and sorrow and and um sadness and empathy. All these emotions work together. Like none is bad. <laughs> none is bad and none is good. They're just they just are. They just are emotions. We we need to stop judging ourselves so harshly and our emotions so harshly. That's my thought. Okay. And if people, can sh- if people can shame you into fearing being seen as angry, we won't do anything to change what is wrong. If I can shame you into feeling guilty about being angry or being bad or dehumanize you for being angry, then I can control you. If I got your emotions or your inability to express emotions, then I have you. I can control you. That's thunder. <laughs> yes. Okay. So. We sit quiet and quiet others and remain complicit and silent in the face of wrong, of wrong. And then we get sick. When we swallow our anger, what happens? When we swallow that fire and that rage that's supposed to be metabolized into something else, we get sick. High blood pressure, right? Cholesterol. You know, you're angry in your relationships. These, these are the, this is the head of that fruit of you suppressing you know what I'm saying? Like, of you suppressing that. No, I can't be angry. We've got to put it down. Have y'all seen that movie on Disney, um, The Red Panda? That's what this reminds me of. Like, you're trying so hard to be like, no, 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 no. Let me, whew, let me, let me suck it in. Let me be, let me be a calm black woman. I don't want to be that kind of black woman. I don't want to be the wrong black woman. I don't want to be the wrong kind of black woman. So let me save myself by swallowing my anger when really you're killing yourself by swallowing your anger. When we, you are denying yourself the chance to be human, you are killing yourself. You become ill, literally. Literally, it's dangerous, right? So if I can't stop you, you know, through policy and all these other things, I can stop you by shaming you and I can stop you by getting you sick so that you can't do anything, so, so that you're of no use to other people, right? Your life is cut short because you're, you're swallowing your own humanity and you're unable to live a full and beautiful life. Anger is not wrong. It's what we do with it that's wrong or right. Anger is not wrong. Anger is not wrong to feel. It's what we do with that anger that is wrong or right. I would even argue that swallowing your anger is wrong. That's wrong. That's abuse to yourself. That's violence to yourself. Even the Bible says be angry and sin not. Okay? You can be angry. You're allowed to be angry. Just sin not. Don't violate other people. But when we swallow our anger, it's a violation to ourself and therefore sin. When we do not express our anger, when we are not honest with people, we are lying. We are lying to ourselves and other people. We are making ourselves sick. We are allowing other people to live in a different reality than what is real. When we don't express our anger or our disappointment or frustration or pain, whatever the feeling is, that's harm. That's harm. What if the sin or violation is doing nothing at all? When you see something wrong and you don't do what you can to right it. What if, that's the, what if that's a sin? What if the violation is denying yourself humanity or sitting back silent out of fear when we have the ability to do something? Sitting down and doing nothing when we have the ability to do something. Is not acknowledging our anger a sin? Is it not a lie? And also, who does it serve to deny yourself the beautiful privilege of anger? Think about that question. Whenever, whenever I am shamed, the question I'd like to ask myself is like, who does this benefit for me to be afraid and ashamed? 
Me being ashamed of myself don't help me. Me being ashamed of my emotions doesn't help me. Who does it help? Too many people make money from our pain and our silence. There is money in the pain of black women specifically and the pain of black people, right? Look online. Everybody's getting a bag from talking down on black women. Everyone is making money on talking down on black women, on dehumanizing black women. There is money in our pain. There is money to be made from us not dealing with our anger, from us not dealing with the pain that we feel, from us not expressing ourselves, defending ourselves, standing up for our fellow people. Like there is money there. It's true. There's social currency there. It's social currency. Like they're, they are, they are, they are gaining wealth from you killing yourself. That's crazy. That's crazy to me. That's crazy to me. Um, yes. Okay. So I said <laughs> too many people make money from our pain and our silence. These systems flourish from our pain and our silence. People who seek to control and silence you flourish from our pain and our silence. To perform their harm without interference, we have to be quiet. We got to sit down. To get you ashamed of yourself for being human benefits them. It benefits them. We play into their ideas of us, which is so funny because we're trying so hard to run from their ideas of us, the racist and misogynistic and misogynoiristic terms they use for us, like being, you know, not being human, like not being smart, not being, you know what I'm saying? Like th that's their idea of us. We're, we're machines. We're not people. We're not people, right? And so when we deny ourselves humanity, we buy into their idea. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're running from their judgment, but then you're also becoming what they want you to be, right? Like you're denying yourself humanity. So therefore you don't see yourself as human. So we're playing into their tropes that we shouldn't care about in the first place, right? We're playing into their tropes and their ideas of what black people can and cannot be. Can and cannot be. What if reclaiming our anger and our pain and our passion and our sorrow and our sadness is actually freedom? What if that is actually our way to freedom? Being a free human being, a, a, a fully developed human being. Beautiful things happen when black women are angry. Legislation changes, tides turn, we lead movements, we care for and protect others because we have been, a fire has been lit and that anger has lit that fire. They know how powerful we are and we sit down on our brilliance and our passion and our power out of fear of being judged by other people. And I get it, I understand, I understand why, but I just, I just wanna put this bug in your ear that anger is not wrong. You being angry is not wrong. This world is crazy. There's a lot here that we should be angry about, that we should be pushing to change, that we should be standing up for, but we won't because we're afraid of being seen as angry. I told you all, I had an ear infection a couple of weeks ago and it was awful, it was awful. I went to the doctor's office and I played down my pain because I didn't wanna cause a fuss. This is programming. This is training from a child to be quiet about your pain to be quiet about what's wrong with you, what's ailing you, what hurts, what's harmful, right? Okay, so, and again, this is just obviously the first step of acknowledging our anger. 
This is what we're talking about, right? Like, so yes, it's not healthy. To, oh yes, absolutely. It's not healthy to be to be stuck in anger. It's not healthy just to sit there. And we'll get to that in a second. But we have to acknowledge it. We got to be honest. And a lot of us are not being honest. A lot of us want to be love and light and like, what's the word? Like very like spiritually elevated. I don't even know if that's the word to use, but we want to be seen as like above it. Like it doesn't bother me. You know what I'm saying? When you know it does. That's what we're talking about. There's no shame in acknowledging that you are upset, that you're hurt by that thing, by that thing that somebody said or somebody that that you're hurt by being abandoned, that you're hurt by talking down, by being talking down to. Like, don't deny yourself the ability to be human. It's okay to admit that you're hurt or that you're scared or you're disappointed or you're angry. We have to admit it to move forward, to process it, to metabolize it. So yes. Um, yes. Okay. If we can turn that anger into love, into acts of service, into justice, into care, the world turns and changes. Things are made right. If we can take our anger and turn it into love and justice and care for other people and ourselves, right? Then the anger has done its job. The anger has done its job. It has empowered us to do the thing. That, that, that rush that you feel like to step in when you see someone being harmed, when you know that something is not right. Metabolizing that anger to make it right. To do the thing that we know that we should do. To lead the movement, to start the thing, to start the nonprofit, to give money out of your own pocket when you see someone who is struggling on the street. That sorrow you feel, that empathy, right? That righteous anger that you feel. There's power in that. There's instruction in that. There's things that we can do to make the thing right. So that's, that's us metabolizing anger for the good, turning it into love and service and all that great stuff. Your anger is a gift. Your anger is a gift. When we deny, swallow, push down, it turns into poison. This is the other side of anger. So yes, we can take anger and make it into something beautiful, right? When we take anger and suppress it, it turns into poison. It eats at us. Right. Suppression creates depression. Exactly. Exactly. It eats at us. It tears us apart. It makes us sick. It makes us embittered. It makes us explode. You know, it, it, it makes us liars. It makes us manipulative. Like that's what anger does when it is not expressed and used in the right way. In the right way. It's not meant to linger. Anger is not meant to linger and fester. Right. It makes us sick. And it's meant to be processed and used well. It's, it's meant to be processed and used well. Don't let these people lie to you about your divinity. Anger is a God-given gift. Anger is holy. Anger is sacred. Anger is righteous. It's just what we do with it that, that determines the good or the bad. Okay. Anger is a gift, but we can't live there. <laughs> it will kill you. It will kill you. The first step is giving your anger room to breathe, acknowledging it, admitting that it exists. I am angry. I have been sitting personally with a lot of things that I have ignored or tried to push down or judge myself for feeling away about something that happened to me. And when I really sit there, I'm like, I have the right to be angry. And when I say that to myself and create a soft space for myself to be honest, that's when I feel like 
I can breathe. It's when I start crying. I'm angry about this thing. I'm angry about how they treated me. I'm angry about how they left me. I'm angry about how they act like I don't exist anymore. Like all these different things. I'm thinking about different situations and it breaks my heart. And, And when I list the things that I'm angry about, it's like, girl, it makes sense to be angry about this stuff. But I thought that I was wrong, that I was sinful for being angry, for being angry. Exactly. Like when Jesus flipped over the tables, that part, Jesus was angry. Why can't I be angry? If Jesus himself was angry, why can I not be angry? Why can't I? Um, But yes. So the first step is giving your anger room to breathe and acknowledging it. Your anger has been trying to tell you things, but you've been telling your anger, girl, not right now. You're wrong. You're not right. You're sinful. But anger is just, it's, it's just telling us stuff about us. It's trying to protect and love us. They've taught us that we are something to fear and we start fearing ourselves. We fear our emotions. We fear our anger. We feel, we fear, you know, being difficult, like all these different things where we fear being human. We fear being human and that fear turns into silence and shame and illness. But we got to start here being honest and open, screaming, crying, raging, speaking, seeing ourselves. We can't get to peace with, with, while neglecting our anger. It's false. It's a lie. It's going to be a false peace. It's not real. It's not real. Like you pretending to be at peace when you're really angry, you're never going to be at peace. We got to go through the hard emotions and the process of dealing with the feelings that aren't so pretty, you know, that don't feel as great to get to peace. We can't just, you know, rise above it. We can't rise above everything. It's too much. (laughs) It's a lot going on. And black people specifically have a lot to be angry about. But we just got to process it in a healthy way, in a way that doesn't harm anybody, doesn't harm yourself. And my husband one time took me to a rage room. (laughs) I was angry. He took me to a rage room and I broke stuff (laughs) and it was the best feeling in the world because we even got to talk about like respectability politics and like how we even filter our anger. Like when was the last time you screamed into a pillow or, you know, you broke something and not like in an abusive or harmful way or destructive way? When was the last time you actually gave yourself room to throw a tantrum like a child does to cry, to, to, you know, to cuss at the air if you need to. Like, when was the last time you gave yourself permission to be human? I don't have a lot of those, a lot of those times, especially, again, growing up with faith. Like, you got to be quiet. You, you, you know, God is honored when you're quiet and when you're not expressing yourself. And it's, it's bad to keep going to God with your anger and your questions and your concerns. And you're shaming yourself for being human and you feel bad. And it's a cycle. So you feel bad about feeling bad and you feel bad about being angry. But then you're still angry. It has nowhere to go. And now you're sick. And now you're asking for healing. And it's like, well, now I feel bad for healing because am I sinful? Am I, am I sick because I'm sinful? Like all these like manipulative tactics and gaslighting methods that people use to quiet you, to quiet you. We, like I said, we can't get to peace without neglect, while neglecting our anger, excuse me. It's oppression. You neglecting your anger is oppression. It is internalized oppression for you to neglect your anger because we become free first by feeling. We become free through honesty. It is pouring down outside. But we become free through honesty. Don't allow them to dehumanize you and use you as a tool. Don't. You swallowing your pain is not going to save you. Audre Lorde, 
Your silence is not going to save you. Your silence will not save you. Your silence does not save you. And now, obviously, if you're in an unsafe situation, we have to, you know, be measured. We got to be calculated about how we express our stuff when we do. But make sure that you have something or somewhere or someone that you can be honest with, that you can rage with without judgment or fear about how people are going to take you. You know, it's very, it's, it's not very often people see me raging, but I needed that when I was in that rage room and breaking stuff and like b- being allowed to be a two-year-old with big emotions and nowhere to put them. Being allowed to be angry at God. I tell God when I'm angry at God. I said, I'm, I, I'm angry at you. I'm, 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 we're beefing. <laughs> I'm upset. I, to save myself, I'm choosing to be a thousand percent honest with my feelings and also getting to the root of it and processing it and trying to use those emotions as a, as a guide to where I should go. Sorry, I'm looking out the window. It's just, it's just pouring down, (laughs) but yes. So through honesty, we become free. We become free by feeling through honesty. And the question I have for you is, have you really been honoring your anger? Have you been honoring your anger? If not, how can you begin to? How can you start to meet yourself, your true self, your honest self? How can you make room for the you that is really you and not the one that you think that you have to be in your friend circles, your family circles, at your church, at your job, right? Obviously at your job, no, you probably can't break stuff, (laughs) but you can have an outlet to let those feelings and and, and, and that anger out. So have you been honoring your anger? That's the question I have for y'all. I would love to hear your answers, by the way. And I am getting to a place where I just am starting to honor my anger. Anger that I've had since seven, seven years old. I'm just starting to meet my anger and thank my anger for letting me know that something was wrong, that I'm not crazy, that that shouldn't have happened, right? Like to, let, to, to allow myself to feel that rage, to allow myself to cry, to scream, right? To fight the air. I can't even fight, but to fight the air, right? Like to do what I need to do to process those feelings, to get that energy moving up out of me, to acknowledge it so I can move forward. But I can't do that if I'm, I'm pretending not to be angry. I can't do that if I'm ashamed of being labeled an angry black woman. Yes, I am angry. Yes, I am black. Yes, I am woman. Yes, I am also a myriad of other things too. But there are things that I am angry about. And there are things in society that we all should be angry about. We should all be angry. (laughs) So you can't shame me. If I own my feelings and the things that I should be ashamed of, you cannot shame me. You cannot silence me. I feel like even stuff that people say to me, right? Like, oh, you know, you're just whatever. Like they'll say stuff like you're masculine or you're bitter. And I'm like, okay. And so what if I was? What's next? They have nothing. They have nothing. A lot of the shame is what we're afraid of. But if we own that, we can't be shamed about what we own. Okay? You're telling me something I already know. Yes, I am angry. Yes. I am angry about a lot of things. But I was pretending, you know, to be a good Christian woman, to not be angry, to just turn the other cheek, to turn the other cheek, knowing I'm pissed, knowing I'm hurt. And I was doing myself a disservice by not expressing myself. There are so many things that have happened that I have not spoken up about because I felt like I was wrong for having emotions. The friends I used to hang out with used to tell me that I was tripping. 
for some of the things that have happened to me that have violated me. That have violated me in the worst ways. And that gaslighting, that training, that programming makes us sit down and, and bite our tongues when we need to be fighting for our lives. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So <laughs> the question is, have you really been honoring your anger? And if not, how can you begin to? Fall apart. Fall apart. The foundation of lies, of lies and oppression has to come undone to make room for more, to make room for new, to make room for honesty and healing and truth and love and peace and connection and all the things that we want to experience. But we can't do that if we're pretending that we're not angry, if we're ashamed of being angry, right? Because lying is wrapping you up in bondage. Lying is wrapping yourself up in bondage. They no longer have to have you bound. You do it to yourself now. And yes. Hi, Animal Lover 2400. Oh, the lightning is lightning. <laughs> uh, if your anger, if you are using your anger to abuse other people, it is wrong. Absolutely. 1000%. And I'm not talking about abuse here. Yes. If you're using anger to harm people, you're wrong. <laughs> the thunder was right on time. You're wrong. You're dead wrong. Hi, two L's. Hello, welcome. Hello. Hi, Ethics Studies. Welcome. I'm gonna get to y'all comments in a second. I promise. I promise. But I just wanted to get this out. Um, yes, your anger is a gift. Your anger, your anger is holy and it's sacred. It's healing. It's important that you honor it, that you feel it, that you see it. Allow it to see you. Allow it to guide you. And so, what I want to do is, <laughs> what I want to do is take a second just to to breathe. Because even as I, as I talk about anger, I feel my body like tightening up. I feel, you know, a little hunched. So just take a second just to breathe. And I want to, I want to read this to you as we breathe together, as we breathe through anger. Okay, maybe you're thinking about something that you're angry about. Maybe you're thinking about a couple of situations. You know, maybe you're thinking about how you have been suppressing your own anger. Just take a second, close your eyes if you can, if you feel safe enough to. Just take a deep breath. And acknowledge that you are angry. Acknowledge that you have anger. And I'm going to read this to you. So just take a deep breath again through your nose. And breathe out through your mouth. And keep breathing as I read this to you. My anger is divine. My anger is holy and sacred. It is a God-given gift to heal connect, repair. I honor my anger, my rage, and my pain. I make room for all of myself, even the parts of me I have been ashamed of, even the parts of me that I have been taught to be ashamed of, because there is no shame here. There is no shame here. I am safe, and I accept that I am angry, that I'm afraid, that I'm hurt, I'm cry. Thank you, anger, for caring for me, for keeping me safe, for helping me to serve others. Thank you for being patient with me. Thank you for seeking to free me, to show me where I am hurt, disappointed, and grieved. Show me what it is that I can do in collaboration with you. All we can heal, make right, all that we can serve. I give myself permission to be human, 
to be feeling. I am a safe space for all of myself, for all of my emotions. Show me what you've been trying to tell me. I am listening now. And I ask that you listen in. What is your anger trying to tell you? Just take a second. Whatever you're thinking about, however you're angry. What is your anger trying to tell you? My anger is trying to tell me it hurts to be abandoned. That some people are not safe. My anger, my passion tells me that the way that this world operates sometimes is awful. I'm scared. I'm scared. A big part of my anger is telling me that I'm scared that I don't know what to do, that sometimes I don't know who to trust. And a big part of my anger is telling me that like, I need to be seen, but I need to be seen by me, by myself. I spend a lot of my time trying to be seen by people and I need to see myself. So listen in for your anger and what your anger is telling you. And think about like all the ways that you've been shamed out of anger or have been shamed into pretending that anger doesn't exist or that your pain doesn't exist. And think about who that serves. Think about the shame that other people might feel. The shame that other people might feel and that shame that they're projecting onto you so they don't have to feel their shame or sorrow for what they did to you or what they did to somebody else. And try to like imagine that shame, like binding you, placing itself over your mouth and imagine letting it go because that shame is not yours. Somebody else wrapped you up in that shame. Like your anger is not fire to burn you. It's not, it's not here to harm you. It's trying to protect you and alert you to things that are harmful, to things that are painful, that aren't right, that aren't just. And for a second, think about, think about what you could do with your anger, how you can use it for goodness, in spite of it feeling yucky and scary. You don't have to harm people with your anger, but you can stand up for yourself. You can stand up for other people. You can make right what went wrong. That's the power you have. A lot of us are benefiting from other people's anger for what they made right because they were brave enough to step into it and use it and metabolize it into something beneficial. So imagine what you can do inspired by your own anger. And for myself, I had to actually think 
I had to think about um, anger as like a person. I think about anger as a person and how cruel I've been to my anger. Telling her to be quiet, to sit down, to shut up, to not speak so loudly so people can see us or hear us. And I say sorry to my anger and I thank my anger and I honor my anger. And I make a commitment to not ignore my anger anymore for the sake of other people's comfort and for their acceptance. Because if they accept me, but I can't accept myself, what's the point? I've seen what anger can do, anger pushed down. I've seen, I've seen the lives it's taken the illnesses it's caused when it's not listened to or processed well. I've seen what anger can do when it's processed the wrong way, when it's used to harm other people. And I don't wanna do that to anybody else, so I have to deal with me. I gotta deal with my own anger. And again, there is no shame. There's no judgment. You're not wrong. You're just giving yourself a chance to be human. To be human. And we can figure out the healing stuff later. We can figure out what to do with it later. We can figure out you know, the therapy and all these other things, but we have to be honest about feeling those things to even seek the help that we need to process our grief or our disappointment or our shame or our fear and our anger. We can't do that if we can't be honest about the fact that we are angry. And there's so many things to be angry about. We gotta give ourselves permission to be human. Black women specifically, but black folks in general. You're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be mad. <laughs> You're allowed to scream and cry and demand and seek justice and speak up in a world that's telling us to be silent, to be quiet, to bite our tongue, to swallow our pain for their pleasure, but for our discomfort and sickness and illness. So yes, as I'm wrapping up, or, or uh, you know, giving a summary. Anger is holy and sacred, just like every other emotion, just like joy, just like happiness, hunger, want, right? All those things are sacred. Wonder, awe, all those things are sacred. All of, the ang all of the feelings that we feel are important. If they weren't, we would not have them. And anger can be used as inspiration to right wrongs, to, to seek justice, to seek peace, to love other people, to protect other people. It can be used as inspiration, but we have to metabolize it in a way that is not harmful to us or other people, in a way that is loving and caring, making room for other people. We don't have to sit in our anger forever, but in order to move from our anger, we gotta acknowledge it in the first place. We have to acknowledge it in the first place. And so for me, that's what I have been doing. I just wanted to share this with y'all because the fear of being labeled an angry black woman does no one any favors. It doesn't do you any favors. 
Again, like Audre Lorde said, your silence will not save you. Your silence will not save you. It will make you sick. It will kill you. So we got to be honest. We got to honor our sacred selves and our sacred emotions because we're human. And nobody likes to be the, the negative emotions, using air quotes, sadness, what else? Sadness, want, fear, anger, all those things that we want to pretend that we don't feel, the things that we want to avoid. No, there's nothing wrong with feeling those feelings. You were given those feelings for a reason. They're there to help you, to guide you, to inspire you to do something different. To do something different. So, yes, I am an angry black woman. Yes, I am angry, I am black, I am woman. And I feel no shame about it. And I don't think you should feel shame about that either. And I feel like as we acknowledge our pain, we really get to the root of it. It's not, a lot of it is not anger. It's disappointment. It's disappointment. I um, personally, with my own dad, I have been dealing with anger with him, feeling anger towards him, feel, feeling angry at myself for how he treated me or how he continues to treat me. And I realized, like, it's not, it's not just anger. Like, it's never just a flat emotion. There's layers to this. I feel abandoned by my dad. I feel neglected by my dad. I feel unloved by my dad. I feel invisible to my dad. I feel unseen by my dad, right? Like, and it's just an example to use because I've used it before. Like, there's so many. But if I don't, if I don't, if I don't acknowledge that I'm angry, I can't get to the root of those things. I can't, can't get to the root of the pain if I'm not honest about being angry. Like the anger is just the top layer. The anger, calling people angry has been used to silence and dismiss people, to treat them as if, as, as if they're not human. As if you're something just to be pushed aside because if you're angry, you're, you're in the way. <laughs> it's not convenient, you're not convenient. All those sad feelings, all those bad feelings. Don't nobody wanna deal with that. We all know what that feels like, especially if you're a sensitive person, you know. <laughs> you know how it feels to be dismissed like that, to be like, dang. It's not just sadness though. It's more to it, but we're not given the space to really express it. And I just wanna to, want to let you know that it's okay to fall apart. It's okay to scream. It's okay to fight the pillows, right? It's okay to process your anger in a way that is healthy for you and healthy for other people. Don't put your hands on nobody. Don't talk to nobody crazy, right? But I, I really feel like um, we want to move so fast and so quickly from anger and disappointment and rage and all these different things uh, that we kind of like gaslight ourselves and we don't give ourselves time to process things. The pain that I'm processing with my father specifically has been decades of pain. And to assume that I can be like, I'm angry about it and move forward and then guilt myself for not moving forward and not being healed enough later on is harmful. We're talking decades of pain. It's gonna take however long it takes for me to heal. And I give myself grace to heal. I give myself space to fall apart and to cry. Whenever I wanna cry, I'm gonna cry. <laughs> I'm not gonna swallow no tears no more for nobody else's comfort. They don't have to look, <laughs> right? But, but I'm going to allow myself, I'm not gonna deny myself humanity. Cause I deserve, I deserve to feel my feelings. Shout out to Solange. I got the right to be mad. I got the right to be mad. And at some point, hopefully, I won't be mad forever. <laughs> that's, that's the hope. The hope is that I feel the feelings, I process the feelings, 
and I'm able to move forward. I interrogate the feelings. Like we're talking about, you know, anger. Thank you, Tammy F. Yes. Like the anger, the disappointment, the disappointment in that anger, that feeling of like, dang, how you create me and you don't want me. How you say you're going to do something, you don't show up. Those are valid emotions. We would never tell a child or actually as children, some of us have been told, some of us have been told, right? Like, stop all that crying. Stop being angry. Don't let them see you sweat. Don't let them see you cry, right? Like push down those feelings, deny your humanity. Cause don't nobody want to hear all that. We say that same stuff to ourselves. It's harmful. There's so many layers to anger. And to, and to deny yourself the ability to feel anger is to deny yourself those layers, that you're a multidimensional human being. You're complicated. Life is complicated. <laughs> life is scary. It's hard. Life can be disappointing. Things in life, I should say, can be disappointing. And that's normal. And it's okay. Anyway, I have a lot of feelings, y'all. Um, <laughs> and I don't, I don't apologize for it anymore, which I'm, which I'm, I'm happy about. But yes, like, you're allowed to be angry. You're allowed to be disappointed. You're allowed to be afraid. You're allowed to be, uh, to feel wrong, to feel violated when you are violated, right? And thank you two L's, yes. So true, I try to be mindful to not project that onto my child, yes. Can you imagine being three and feeling disappointment and not having words for that? And you're crying and your parent is telling you to, to stop crying. But you're like, I don't know what to do with this disappointment. What? Like, you don't even have, you don't even know that it's disappointment. You're just like, I'm not happy. <laughs> I'm not happy. And now we have the privilege to reparent ourselves, to be like, actually, this is what that feeling is. To acknowledge ourselves, even if people gaslight us, because I've been gaslit my whole life by friends and other people, like, even if they gaslight us, you don't have to gaslight you. You don't. How you feel is valid. How you feel is valid. How you feel is valid. Hey, Kid Death, my grandmother would get upset if you coddled the young boys in my family. Yeah, I didn't care. I spoiled my nieces and nephews alike. I love that. I love that. I love that. And your grandmother's probably just passing down what your grandmother had to do. That same room that she didn't have to feel and process the language people didn't give her, the space people didn't give her to feel her feelings, she passed that down to her own kids and to her grandkids, right? So some of the stuff that we, that we see that our elders doing, it's not even their fault. They don't even know. They don't know. Oh, thank you, Sweet Forest. Yes, if you like the video, please like it. I appreciate it. It helps the algorithm and people to see it. And I really, I really do wanna get this message out there. Like, it's okay to be an angry black woman. It's not shameful. You don't have to own that shame. She didn't like men though. Oh, okay. Unless they were her sons. Okay. Well, that's a different conversation. <laughs> that is, that is sad. That's very sad. And Marissa says, there's so many hurt adults taking their hurt out on their children to feel more powerful. There, there are. And it's sad. It's sad. It's sad. And I also think some parents get frustrated because they don't know what to do with their, their kids' emotions. I think some parents feel ill-equipped not giving them a pass for being harmful. But I really do think that some, some parents haven't dealt with their own stuff. And so now you have this crying child that you want to fix, but you can't fix it. And you're like, just stop crying, just stop. Or maybe they're passing down their own trauma. No one's coming to save us, so stop crying. No, you gotta do it yourself. 
we pass it down to our own kids. But yes, I do agree with that. Um, Epic Study says, and we do that to our children, yeah. We inadvertently teach our children to suppress those emotions as well. Absolutely. We do. We do. Hi, all things O. Hello, hello. Yes, your feelings are valid. They are valid. Um, hi, formerly known as Yes, I'm Here for the Mess. Um, but I've literally been assaulted for my anger. I don't know what to do. Okay, yes. So this is why I was saying, take this with a grain of salt. Because if you're in a situation where you, first of all, I'm sorry that this happened to you. Let me first acknowledge that. That should not have happened. I am so sorry. I am so sorry that that happened. What I will say is if you're in a situation where you are not safe, don't protect yourself. Do what you have to do to stay safe. If you cannot express yourself to these people or around these people, don't. But I do suggest finding something or somewhere to start. And it can start here by saying like, I am angry and this is why. Like I have a journal, I journal my feelings. I don't know where my journal is. Oh, it's in front of me. <laughs> I journal my feelings like all the time. Like I, when I'm angry, I'm writing or I'm recording like a, a video. Um, I have friends that I can express my anger to. Finding alternative spaces to do that until you can get into a safe space. Excuse me, that's what, that's what I'm saying. So please take care of yourself, please. Hi, Animal Lover 2400. Um, we can't stay mad about what other people have done forever, especially if you aren't taking action to either do good, seek justice and or heal from what happened. Sure, I think that we just gotta be careful though about the timeline we put on people because forever for us might be like a little bit of time to them, you know? Um, so yes, I, I don't, I don't think it's healthy to be angry all the time. No, I don't think it's angry to be, I don't think it's healthy, excuse, excuse me, to be angry forever. However, you need to be angry for as long as you need to be angry for, for it to process. Like this idea of like bottling up your emotions, right? Bottling up your emotions. No, pour out those emotions as often as possible, as often as you need until you get to the bottom of the barrel, if that ever is, right? And, and that's this whole thing about like healing too. I don't know if there's ever an end to healing. I don't know if you ever end up a healed, like I think you become more healed as you process, but I don't know if we're putting pressure on ourselves to be somewhere that we're just not ready to be at yet. You know what I'm saying? So I, I agree with you, but I also think we have to have grace for ourselves and others, and others. I've been on the side of, of friends telling me, you know, not my, not my friends anymore, but my friends telling me to swallow my pain, to swallow, the pain that I felt from someone violating me. And I was like, well, I guess I guess I shouldn't be mad about that because nobody else is upset about that. You know what I mean? And because of their, whatever they went through that made them think that this is okay, I internalized that and said, you know what? Whatever, it's fine, it's not that big of a deal. And I went on with my life. But ever so often, like the wrong touch, the wrong way that you talk to me, like it'll, it'll bubble back up, meaning that I haven't really dealt with it. And I think that we just gotta, we gotta stay in it until we, until we don't need to be staying it no more. I don't know if that makes sense, but yes, but I hear you. It's not healthy. Oh, big hugs to you. Big hugs to you. Yay. Thank you. I'm um, happy Saturday, friend. Oh, yay. Happy Saturday. That part, some people are not safe. Yes. And we're, and we're right to be mad about their actions. Absolutely. It's not okay. It's not okay. And, we'll, and especially when we tell our kids, not that I have children, but children, right? When we tell impressionable people that, when we, when we teach them based on how we treat them, we then allow them to go into the world and allow other people to mistreat them as well. It's okay to be treated and talked to like this. No, it's not. That's not okay. That's not okay. Um, let's see. Hi, Sahara Minzi. Hello. 
Having to navigate a relationship with a parent who has caused you so much pain is so difficult. It really is. It's, it's really hard, especially when they're not receptive and they don't want to change their ways. It's heartbreaking. I don't even have language for it. It's very difficult. It's really difficult. Hi, Villainous Crone. Um, I had to forgive my grandma because she was a sharecropper that was harmed by the overseer. I'm so sorry. And it was basically slavery. Yeah. And that's how she treated us. Mom told me the whole story when Gran got sick. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's complicated. Like, yes, we can, we can, two things can be true at the same time. The person was harmful and they were harmed. We can hold space for both. I can be upset with you because you treated me this way and it's not okay. But also understanding where that came from and understanding that 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 has nothing to do with you. And in some ways it kind of frees you a little bit, knowing that you're not the cause or the source of their anger. It's something that they have not dealt with. Hi, After School with Dr. Crystal. Hello, hello. All Things O says, some men and women beat their children so that the white man, yep, would not beat, torture, or kill them. It's a cycle that many don't know. Better alive than dead or maimed. Exactly. Yes, that is true. That is true. Sadly, that is true. Um, sometimes you have to protect your pain and anger because there's sadists out there who get off on black women's pain. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, there is. Absolutely. There are, there have been, on Twitter, there have been men who have messaged me or added me to let me know, like, that they hate me, they want to see me harmed, all these different things. So yes, people do get off on black women's pain. And that's, and that's a sad thing. Like, that's why I say, like, I'm not ashamed of being angry. So even if people comment later on, like, you're just an angry black woman, I'm like, okay, yeah, I said that. So what? Like, what are we talking about? Because we're not going to talk about, you want to talk about how angry I am, but you're not going to talk about the pain you caused me. You want to talk about how bitter I am, but you don't want to talk about the harm you've inflicted on me or the harm that you've seen other people do to me and you did nothing about No, you can't shame me. So yes, yes, but I do agree. I do agree, we gotta protect ourselves and each other. As we heal, we gotta cover each other as we heal. As we heal. Healing is not supposed to be done alone. It's not. Mental disease manifests as physical disease, yes. We, um, we have to release it, absolutely, absolutely. Epic study says, I make sure I respect the mind of my children and make sure they have the space, at least with me, to express their emotions. I love that, and you're changing the world. You're changing the world. You're giving them language. You're giving them the ability to be human. Yes, I agree. Healing isn't finite. It's not. <laughs> it's not. There are things I thought I was healed from years ago and it comes back. Or it's triggered by something else. Um, so it just takes time. It might, it, might be, it might feel lessened, right? The pain, the reaction might lessen, but I still know it's there and it's happened. And I think we got to be careful about... Even our language around healing, oh, you're just not healed. Oh, you have some healing to do. As to shame people, like, we have not been harmed. I don't know. It's like we can, we can acknowledge, like, yes, this person has, has healing to do without being harmful in telling people that they have healing to do. Um, because it, it, it comes off arrogant. Like, I am healed. I have arrived. I'm doing the work. You're not. You know what I'm saying? And then that gives shame to them. It shames them. And it's arrogant for us because we all got stuff to heal from. We all trying our best out here. That's it. We're giving it our best go. <laughs> That's it. Hey, Sheree Nicole. Oh, hey, I'm glad I called you live. I messaged you on. I okay, thank you for letting me know. I'll check it out. Um, yeah, so IG, if, if the person, if I don't follow the people or something, sometimes I don't get it. And then I'm not also on IG every day. So I appreciate that. I'm on IG and I post, I, I repost cute videos of animals and I get off. <laughs> so yeah, so thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's also unhealthy to pretend everything is fine when you're not. Absolutely. That's how you get sick. 
That's how you get sick. That's how you harm other people, right? Like that's that's how you become rigid and like you can feel it. Like just like the the constriction, restriction, like the contraction. That's what I'm looking for. The contraction of it all. Like when you're pretending everything's fine, you're holding everything together and it's all a lie. That's why I said let it fall apart. Cry, let it go. Admit to yourself, I am upset, I am angry. We'll figure out the mess later, but you have to make the mess first to clean it up. We can't pretend that the mess isn't there to deal with the stuff. Let go in safe spaces with safe people. So yes, yes, yes. Healing is definitely a journey. It is, it is. High king of of the rawls. Um, I think that's where logic comes into play. Understanding Understanding versus gut emotion. Logic can help you regulate and get past uh, wasted time on emotion. I don't think there's wasted time on emotion. I push back on that, but I understand what you're trying to say. Um, I also think that we do a, hmm, this is not to you necessarily, but we do a lot of work to push down emotion, to say that emotion is wrong, to say that logic is better than emotion or it's opposite of emotion when they work together. Um, emotion helps us regulate. Emotion helps us to take in information about what's going on, right? So even if somebody, let's say that somebody says something to us and they don't necessarily mean to be harmful, but we still don't like it, right? So we know logically, like, yes, they don't mean us no harm, but also emotionally, I don't like how this makes me feel. And so I have a choice to make. I can let them know, hey, I don't like when you talk to me like that. I know you don't mean any harm, but I don't like this, right? Um, And then also if they choose not to do anything about it, we can leave. We can, you know, exit, you know what I'm saying? But I'm all for feelings, I'm all for emotion, I'm all for gut. And I think that we can do a better job at actually listening to our gut, listening to our emotions. Because we're not barbaric, right? We're not, what am I trying to say? There's a distrust that we have with our emotions. And I'm not afraid of my emotions. I'm not, I'm not uh, ashamed of them. And I know that I have self-control. So I can still feel anger and not punch nobody in the face, right? Like I can still feel anger and not cuss nobody out. I can feel anger and process it in a way that is help, helpful and healthy to me and other people. So, and I also, but again, I also don't think that time is wasted on emotion. I think emotions are important. You know what I'm saying? And then like, whose logic, right? Like whose logic are we listening to? Who was the, who was the sayer of the logic and the reasoning? I have a lot of questions, but yes, but I understand what you're trying to say. I do, I do. Um, Kid Death said, I mean, I pretty much removed myself from my toxic family. It's been years of the same stuff. I realize I have peace and the ability to live life how I choose. I love that for you, Kid Death. I love that. And I'm sorry that you had to remove yourself from your family. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But I'm glad that you chose yourself. Yes. Yes. I love that y'all talking to each other in this comment section. That makes me happy. Okay. Yes, it is an understatement. It's painful. It's, it hurts. It sucks. It's just like, and you can't make your parent care. That's the worst part. You like I spend my whole life chasing my father's affection, chasing his acceptance, and you can't make him care. There's nothing you can do about it. You can't make him consistent. You can't make him follow through. And it sucks because you want to be the reason why he follows through. And it still feels like it's not enough. So yes, anyway. But yes. Hi Stephanie Simeon. I hope that you're enjoying this. I hope it's helpful. I hope I hope this is helpful. <laughs> This is kind of a heavy one today. And these men just project their own issues to women. Yes, that too. That too. Yes. You're emotional. It's like you're telling me I'm emotional out of your emotions. You're telling me that I am angry out of your shame, out of your guilt, out of your fear. We're all emotional. 
get over it. <laughs> like, we're all human. We all have emotions. But yes. Um, let's see. Marissa says, I don't think we're ever healed because our wounds are constantly being reopened through, throughout life. That's true. That's true. The power is in acknowledging that we have wounds and releasing the shame. That part. That's half the work. The shame around it. Allowing it to take up space and to feel in the moment. When I admit to myself, I'm sad and I cry. <laughs> like, you know, how you're like, I don't know if y'all have ever experienced this, but your mom gives you a hug and your mom can tell when something's wrong with you. And you try to pretend and lie, like, I'm fine, whatever. And you admit, finally, I'm sad, or this hurt me, or this happened. And you fall apart. You just, like, you melt. You know what I'm saying? Or whoever, your friend. But people who know you, who know that something's wrong, that's half the work. Those tears need to fall. They've been backed up. Those words need to come out of your mouth. They've been backed up. Right? It's a, it's a process of, like, constantly pouring out again, pouring out again, healing all over again. And I agree with that, Marissa. I do. I do. Um, All Things O says, it is amazing how no one tells others that BS, only black people. Yep, shameful. We need space to process and then heal. So many atrocities, past and present. Forgiveness is, forgiveness is done the right way. Absolutely. Forgiveness is done the right way. Absolutely. And that's the thing, like we want to talk about, oh, you know, kumbaya, let's, let's all get together. And I'm all for peace. Like I want peace, right? I want uh, cooperation and collaboration, but we cannot brush over the harm that has been done, the forgiveness process, the reparation process, whatever the heck you want to call it, the healing process is a big part of you actually acknowledging the harm that has been done. We have to acknowledge it to move forward from it. We can't just, whatever didn't happen, it's fine. Just because you're uncomfortable to talk about it. No, like we have to talk about this thing. It's hard. It's difficult. It's painful. But we still got to talk about it. We're not going to pretend like it didn't happen. So yes, yes. Um, that's so horrible that folks are mean and wishing ill will on anyone. Less of all, yeah. Less of all a woman they don't know. Yes, absolutely. And again, I get angry in that moment. I get, I get mad. And then I, I process it and I chew on it. And I say how I feel. I express myself to my people, to whoever I need to tell. And then I move on. And a lot of time, the feeling that I feel afterwards is sorrowful. Like I feel, I feel not sorrowful. I feel sorry for that person because what in that person is off that you got to come here to something you don't resonate with or you don't like, you do resonate with it because you're here. Something you don't like hearing that you have to offend and assault me with your words. Something is lacking in you. Something's off. Something's off. I don't think that I say anything harmful. I hope I don't say nothing harmful to nobody. I try not to, you know, and if I do call me out on it, but it's like, I'm not, I don't even know you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, but there's something in you that's resonating with what I'm saying. That's your work to do, you know? So yes, yes. Um, if I'm being called the angry black woman, then I'm doing something right. Love that. Uh, nightlight. I think that's what that says. Nightlight. Um, if I'm being called the angry black woman, then I'm doing something right. I'm angry and deserve to be. Hello. I'm going to let you know. Being the scapegoat hurts more. It's not worth the false sense of peace. That part that part you're you're drowning and you're in the poison of anger and all these unspoken emotions while they get to live life and pretend that everything's great and then we get bitter right we get uh, resentful towards these people because how how dare you treat me like everything's fine but we haven't spoken up for ourselves and the issue for me how you respond to me saying that this this made me angry or this hurt me tells me everything i need to know about this relationship between you and this person, me and this person, 
You know what I'm saying? So yes. Healing and forgiveness cannot be microwaved, that part. Especially if you've been pushing it down for forever. It takes time. Give yourself grace. Give yourself grace. We're just getting to a point where these conversations are being normalized. Think about like the internet. It's crazy. All these ideas are being passed back and forth so quickly. Oh, I'm not alone? Oh, you're angry too? Girl, yes. Giving me language for things I didn't have before, right? And I'm 33, right? So that means that there's 33 years of things that have happened that I have not processed. It's not going to happen overnight. I give myself grace and room. I might be 95, still healing, healing from something that happened to me at seven. And, and that's the thing like about harm is that it still shows up in different ways. Like that's why we, we got to be careful about what we say to people, how we treat people, right? How we engage with people because a once in, in like a five second interaction with somebody can stick with them for the rest of their lives, it's heavy. Okay. Hi, I love your content. Oh, I'm glad, Deja. I'm happy you're here. Um, I love your content and I messaged you on IG. I know you haven't seen it. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's just saying thank you for your work and what you're doing. Thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you for being here. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Hello. I'm happy that you're here. Anaya, I hope they're here. I hope I'm saying that right, Anaya. Hello, good to be here. Love your content. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Um, I love that. Make the mess and we will clean it up later. Yes. Yes. Like, it's like that process, that closet that's filled with things for this example. You got to take things out. You got to see what's in there to even organize it in the first place. So it's going to look like a mess before it looks better. It's going to look like a tornado went through here before we have some sort of organization. But we can't have the organization and have things in their place and identify things without opening the closet and making the mess first. And healing is messy. Healing is messy. Like we think healing are, are cute quotes on Instagram and, you know, yoga retreats. And I think like all that is wonderful and it's important and it's not shading anybody like that. We need that too. But healing is also snot nose crying and reliving something, rehashing things. And it's a lot of work <laughs> and it's a process that doesn't have to be done in a weekend or a week or a month. It's going to take decades. It's going to take years. But the bondage you feel around that thing doesn't have to take years. The bondage you feel about like not expressing yourself, not sharing your stuff, that doesn't have to stay. I give myself room to keep revisiting things as much as I need to revisit it, as many times as I need to revisit them. Because they're there for a reason. What am I going to do? Pretend they're not there? Shame myself for feeling it? No, they're here. Now what? That anger is coming back. Whew, we got to deal with it. Okay, anger, what's going on? What triggered that anger? What happened? What are you trying to tell me? What, what haven't I talked about? What haven't I processed? Oh, there's another layer to what happened there? Oh, wow. Betrayal is a new feeling, I feel. Okay, cool. Let's work this out. But you can't do that. You can't do that pretending your emotions aren't there. Being like, I should have been healed from this already. I'm so mad I'm not healed. Ugh. <laughs> and now you got shame to deal with. Now it's something else. You know, it's like when you have a wound and you cover it with the Band-Aid and you don't let any air get to it. When it crusts over, it's ugly, right? Like... But that's your skin healing itself. It's not cute. It's ugly. It might be itchy and like unsightly and it might scab and like fall off. But then when it falls off, it's renewed skin. And sometimes you do have a scar. Sometimes we don't have the luxury of the thing just disappearing altogether. I have hyperpigmentation. And so sometimes on my skin, like I'll get keloids and, and it'll be dark marks. marks. It'll remind me that this happened. It might not hurt to the touch, but I see it and I know that it's there. 
The same thing with our wounds. The same thing with the hurt and, and trauma and pain that we've experienced. Sometimes those things, some people suffer with things their whole life. It doesn't mean that they're not healed. It doesn't mean they're not doing the work. It doesn't mean that they're unworthy or that they're moping about or, or wallowing. It's life. And life sometimes is hard, you know? So yes. All things, oh, no shortcuts. The journey is a destination. Yes, yes, we have to live, yes. They just says yes because most of us are living on autopilot. We become extremely emotionally dysregulated. Yes, and we look to seek. I know that I have. Um, when I was in college, I drank a lot. I drank so much because I didn't have the range. I didn't have the ability to express myself the way I, ne I needed to. I was being silenced about a lot of things that were happening to me. I was being told that it was normal. I was being told that, you know, I'm making a big fuss out of little things. And so I drank. I found unhealthy methods to deal with my problems. I wish that there was somebody there to be like, how you feel is valid. That would have saved me from so much heartache. How you feel is valid. So much self-harm. How you feel is valid. That's all I needed to hear. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. Because now I'm hating myself for being angry and being sad. You know? Anywho. Nightlight says, I trust my emotions. They're there for a reason. I'm learning to accept, an and accept anger and process it. I love that, Nightlight. I love it. And I'm here for it. <laughs> Same. <laughs> King of Raw says, I think emotions are more of the unfiltered, okay, unfiltered versus logic and emotion is the sanity check, i.e. someone calls you stupid, you react versus understanding that you are not. Yes, but it's also okay if you react. It's also, and your reaction doesn't have to be unregulated or dysregulated or uh, uncontrolled. That's what I'm looking for. It, your reaction doesn't have to be you slapping somebody in the face. It could be like, don't talk to me like that. That's inappropriate. We don't call people stupid. That's a reaction. You cutting off the friendship, that's a reaction, right? Like I can understand it and I can still set a boundary. And a boundary is a reaction. That's all I'm saying. But I get what you're saying. Like, yes, like we need to have self-control for sure. Self-control is necessary in all things. Just because somebody, you know, called you stupid, you can't be running them over with your car. I don't know. I don't know why I said that. But anyway, like you can't, you know what I'm saying? Like you can't be harmful uh, back. Like we have to, we have to have self-control on how we deal with people, you know? Especially if the goal is reconciliation and uh, relationship, right? Then yes, like in relationships, when people offend us, because we will be offended because people are people. And even if they don't mean any harm by it, it will hurt. But if we care about the person, if we approach this with love and care that we talked about, then how we respond is measured, but it's still a response. Because love is also setting a boundary with you and saying, you will not talk to me this way. You won't call me stupid. I am not stupid. Where is that coming from? What, what's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Like, however you need to say that. So yes, but I feel you. I feel you. Oh, thank you for the hearts. Um, I had to realize my anger came from being gaslighted. Yes. And told I was selfish or smart A. Yeah. Yep. I was always the babysitter, but I was the one who stayed in school. So the responsibility of being there for the younger kids fell on me. I feel you. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just really, I just really say thank you because so much burden is being shaken and uprooted. That makes me happy. That makes me happy. Um, pain is real. And after so long of planking, of plonking to others, finally looking inside. So again, thank you. You're welcome. And thank you. Thank you for letting me know that. I'm hoping that I'm making sense. Like I'm just reading things from my journal that I'm processing. Um, but I'm glad that this is helpful because that was the goal. Thank you so much. Um, it's nice to have a space 
to talk about these topics with black women. I don't have many black friends, so I don't have anyone who really gets it. I appreciate that. And I'm happy that you're here. And thank you for giving to this conversation as well. I appreciate that. Hi, everything is politics. The people that advocate for kumbaya are complicit in our narcissistic abuse. Uh-oh, uh-oh. They're, they're gaslighting people who have been subjected to generations of harm. Policing people's emotions is a form of abuse. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's what I said earlier. It's, it's oppression. It is tools of oppression to deny someone their pain, to deny someone their process of their pain. It's abusive. It's oppressive. So thank you for that. Thank you. Epic study says I'm guilty of saying that to women. At the time, I didn't comprehend the balance and the perfect character that is emotion. I'm a thinker and I side more with logic, but I shouldn't knock emotion. I appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate that. I'm, I'm humbled and learning. Thank you. No worries. Like, and there's no shame. Like we have all been complicit in some way at some point. All of us. You know what I mean? So there's no shame. You're not alone. Like we, the harm is done for us, is done to us, excuse me. And we do harm to other people in different kind of ways. But you admitting that is a huge deal. So I appreciate you sharing that. Thank you. Yes. Um, their response is data. Yep. Listen carefully. They'll tell on themselves. Absolutely. Because if you're not a safe person, I can't, I can't hang it with you. I can't do it. Especially because I know I'm sensitive. I know I need boundaries. I used to be a person with no boundaries. And I was harmed all the time. Because I could not tell people no. I could not stand up for myself. I could not say what I needed to say. And so when I finally did decide to stand up for myself... Everybody lost their minds. I'm all types of B words and I ain't never did nothing for nobody and all this stuff. And it broke my heart because I'm like, I thought we were friends. I don't know you felt this way about me, but yeah. <laughs> I'm currently having a difficult time with my studies because I'm just coming to terms with the hurt I've been through and I'm trying to give myself the time and space to heal without guilt. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm glad that you're allowing yourself to heal without guilt. There's nothing to feel shame about, shameful about, nothing to feel guilty about, nothing. They don't want us to take up space that God has rightfully given us. We cannot continue to shrink ourselves so that they can feel comfortable and okay. We deserve to yell, scream, cry. It's okay. It's okay. If you want to run up the street screaming, I'd be like, I feel you. <laughs> I get it. Run for me, right? Like, I get it. I understand. We endure. I think that we normalize so much that should not be normal. We normalize a lot of abuse. We normalize a lot of dysfunction. Um a lot of trauma because everybody's experienced it. We all experienced that. I, I hear, oh, so sad. When women are asked at what age were they uh, sexualized and they'll say things like seven, 12, 10, you know, nine, like these young ages. And so because, because that happens so often, we normalize that. Not that it's normal, not that we say that it's okay, but we say, oh girl, everybody goes through that. Nobody, when... When have I really had space to process men looking at me as a child and what that meant? It's not normal. It's not okay. There's a lot of trauma that we have not had space or privilege to talk about. At what point does a woman stop feeling like her body is hers? I, I, wrote, a, I wrote a, I don't know if it was a poem or prose, but I wrote something. I was like, at what point does a woman, a girl, stop belonging to herself? At what point? At what point does, at what age? How long are girls allowed to be girls? How long are girls allowed to be kids? Right, this, like this stuff, this is stuff that we don't talk about. That fear that you feel when you know that a man's looking at you crazy, but you can't put words to it. That anger that might come up, like that violation that you feel. 
that you don't have words for. This is real stuff that we have not processed. And so like we, we, we then tell other people, oh girl, everybody experiences that. It's fine. He's not doing nothing to you. Girl, stop. It's no, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. We hide and protect predators. And what does that communicate to the prey? That they don't matter. Their pain is not important. It's not significant. They'd rather be concerned with uh, convenience and silence over your pain. There's so like there's so many layers. <laughs> there's so many layers, even to the stuff that I've experienced. Like it's not just the thing. It's always something that the thing represents. You know what I'm saying? And as you get older, it gets more complicated and more entangled. It's a lot of things. It's like, you know, like this. So yes, yes. Um, I know exactly how that is. Endure to the end. Don't let guilt darken your days. It's challenging, but you're, t you're tasked with this because you can do it. Promise. Yes, yes. Thank you, Epic Studies, for sharing that. Yes. That simple validation can be so transformative. It can. It can. I needed one person to tell me that I wasn't crazy. I need one person to tell me that it wasn't okay what happened to me. One person. And instead I got, you're in the way. Your, your pain is not convenient for me. Um, you're messing up our friend dynamic. Can't have you around. Can't invite you to the thing. Because you're a bother. Never dealing with the harm that was done. They'll admit that the harm was wrong. But they'll make you the target and, and the, uh, the person to be on the outside because you're inconveniencing them. But a lot of people just need to hear, you're not crazy. You're not alone. It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to not know what you're doing. It's okay to feel behind. It's okay to feel like you're not enough because you are enough. What happened to you wasn't okay. Like how freeing is that for people to be like, okay, whew, okay, cool. I thought I was crazy, <laughs> you know? Like I've had those experiences where somebody, girl, no, that was wild. That's not okay. I'm sorry that happened to you. And, and you break and you soften because you're like, wow, like I needed to hear that. When I talk about last, was it yesterday? My professor who was racist towards me on a kind of lighter note, but not really. My professor was really, was just really mean to me. Just like, she told me I would never be anything and whatever. Like e up until the graduation day, I graduated. She handed me my degree and then she, it was a whole thing. She sabotaged my degree. Long story short. And um, I spent years feeling like something was wrong with me. I spent years feeling like I wasn't good enough. I spent years being afraid to sign. I don't feel like I'm cry. Being afraid to sign and sign up for classes for my next degree that I need to be an interpreter because she damaged me so badly. She made me feel this big. She really convinced me that I was not good enough. But when I had a professor, this was last year, right before my grandmommy passed, I had a professor tell me that that teacher was racist. I felt so relieved. I felt like, wow, somebody sees me. I am validated. I am not crazy. I, I literally felt like, whew, so it's not me. So I'm not a bad, I'm not a bad person. I'm not a bad student. I'm not making things up in my head. We like, we need validation from each other. We need to be seen by ourselves, yes, but also, yes, by other people, by other people. And that's why I feel like the internet is a blessing. It's a beautiful place, but it's also a weird place. It's a very strange place. But I love that I can 
I can log on to Twitter or Instagram or YouTube and be like, yo, somebody gets it. I ain't crazy. You know, give me permission to be human. So yes. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Sometimes a chin check is necessary. I find it funny how (laughs) Caucasians can have a full range of emotions, but we must be poised, dignified, and calm. Okay? Like, this is like the black excellence thing. This is like the classism thing, the respectability politics. Again, that saves nobody and perpetuates harm. (laughs) It saves no one and it perpetuates harm in systems that we don't want to participate in in the first place. But yes, like we, it's almost like you have to be, again, that, that, that phrase that we kept hearing growing up, twice as good to get half as far. It's not just talking about academics and that's your job. It's talking about human, being human in general. You'll go online and hear like, again, these, these boiled down tropes, the angry black woman, the bitter black woman, the violent black man, the, the animalistic black man, like all these different things that we hear, right? For people expressing emotions or a few being represented for the whole. So we don't even get the grace of being individuals. Like we're all represented by a few people, <laughs> a few people who are confirming the biases they already had in the first place. But that's another conversation for another day. People who are looking to confirm their biases will, will find them. They'll find the confirmation. Either way, like, yes, we're not afforded the, the opportunity and the ability to be a full human being. That's why I say like, I reclaim my anger and my pain I'm not playing into your system. I don't care what you think about me. Like, talking about the Caucasians. I don't care about what you think about me. I'm focused on my people and getting my people free and loving themselves, being kind to themselves, being kind to each other. Because yes, that work does start here. If we're kind to ourselves, like we're not gonna perpetuate that harm anymore. That's the whole point, right? Like, yes, it is BS. It is BS. It's it's racist. Uh, In a lot of ways, It's sometimes it's classist. Sometimes it is sexist, right? Like, yes, I agree. Because black people are not allowed to be human. They're only seen as animals and as brute beasts. And even like the foundations of this country, we weren't even seen as people. And they have not changed their mind about that. But what we can do, we don't have to worry about what they think. We can still do what we want to do here and make room and have grace with each other for experiencing emotions that are complicated, that a lot of other races don't have to experience or deal with the constant gaslighting that black people experience every day. Like what happened to us didn't happen. What happened to our ancestors didn't happen. The fact that we're having this conversation right now is proof of what happened. The anger we feel today is proof of what happened. And people are using that anger to fight for what is right, to lobby, to do what they need to do. You know what I'm saying? So yes, yes. Hey, let's talk about it with Mara. Is it Mara? First of all, I've been saying your name wrong this whole time and I'm so sorry. It's Mara and hello. Y'all, Mara has a YouTube channel. Please check it out. She is amazing. I'm so proud of you. You're doing amazing things already. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, let me come down and see what y'all saying. Yay. Oh, I'm glad y'all. I'm glad this is making sense. Um, Thank you for this video. I grew up with anger issues due to bullying and abusive parents and my mom and other people deemed it as bad. Mm -hmm. And it made me feel like there's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. Miss Lavender, first of all, I'm sorry that you were bullied. I'm sorry that you were abused. You should not have experienced that. That's not okay. It's not normal. It's not normal. And yes, your anger is not bad. Your anger, like we we wanna be able to process our anger. First of all, you're a kid, right? Like you're a kid. Kids don't have the tools. Parents have to give the kids the tools to process their anger. But anyway, like, Anyway, you, 
you are not wrong. Your anger is not bad. It's not bad. And I'm sorry that you were told that, that it was bad, because it's not. It's not. Oh. Hi, Janessa Cool. Welcome, welcome. Um, when you feel like something is wrong with you, um, I had a family member tell a guy, a guy I like that I was so emotional. I was so hurt by it. Now I'm happy to be human. I know it was projection. Absolutely. 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 Uh, F, <laughs> F that awful charlatan of a professor, that part. Okay. At this point, I'm just kind of like, whatever, girl. I just hope I don't have to see her ever again. I really, I really don't. I don't, I don't, I don't want, I don't wish any ill towards her, but I don't want to deal with her at all. And I hope that she is not also harming future people, um, future possible interpreters and things like that. So yes. Um, a villainous crone. Alicia, I'm holding space for you that you are good enough. If you ever desire, I feel like I'm gonna cry. If you ever desire to go back to school, the support will be there to envelop you because your emotions and feelings are valid. Thank you, a villainous crone. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hi, Melanated Monroe. Um, I had someone tell me to be mature and talk it out with the person disrespecting me. Code for let them keep talking crazy to me. I have been in this situation multiple times and you don't have to do it. If this person has caused you harm, you don't have to talk to them because they're not safe. They're not safe. They don't care. It's like, keep subjecting yourself to more harm. Yeah, no, no. Being mature sometimes is walking away. It's cutting them off. It's saying bye. Being mature is letting them know where they had you messed up and leaving. And I wish for myself I've done that. I, I had done that. Because I gave people grace. I sat there and listened to them talk, even though they talked to me crazy and did horrible things to me. And what did that do? No. Sometimes people need to feel your absence. And I don't mean that to be manipulative. I mean that, like, you deserve more than that. You deserve more than that. But yes, I'm so sorry that happened. I'm sorry. Um, Nightlight says, as a kid, all I needed was to be emotionally validated and defended. That's it. Same. And I was made to feel like that was too much to ask. But in this, but in this space, I'm glad to realize that it's not. It's not. It's not too much to ask. And I see you. Like, I'm, I'm hoping that everyone here is validating each other, validating yourself. But also, like, lit, look, at the, look at the chat. You're not alone. Even for the people watching the replay. You're not alone. You're not alone. Hey, Sea Boogie Sings. I made it two days in a row. Woo, thank you for this. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Um, yeah, so I was supposed to be recording a podcast and then releasing it tomorrow, but we're here now um, because I was recording the podcast and it just wasn't flowing. I like interacting. I do. I love interacting with y'all. So, so yes. 50% um, of, of predictors are opportunists. They do it because, oh, predators. Predators are opportunists. They do it because the opportunity was there and they took it. Um, if that, and if it is a black man, they don't or won't report harm because a black man is under attack. Hello? I, yeah, I have a lot of feelings about that. About, yeah, I have a lot of feelings about that. And I agree. I do agree. Um, it's like, oh, there's, there's so much grace given that's not given to black women. Um, not that we need grace for this situation, but it's like, you don't get to harm people just because you're harmed. So sorry. Don't know if they told you that. You don't get to talk to me crazy because somebody talked to you crazy. You don't get to put your hands on me because you angry. And I'm your punching bag and I'm convenient. Absolutely not. And there's a, and there's a, um, a book, a feminist, black feminist theory, black feminist theory, I believe. Either way, there's a lot of, there's a lot of writing on how black women have protected black men. And so like 
when I see this rhetoric online about like, y'all, you never did. That's a lie. It's a lie. And it's not even that a lot of people have protected black men. People have literally stomped all over black women to protect black men, to uphold black women, black men. And it's, I have, I haven't really, I haven't really figured out how I want to approach this conversation because it is nuanced. It is layered and it is very triggering um, for myself and for other people, but we should talk about it. Like, yeah, no, it's not okay. That's not okay. Hi, Queen Jasmine. Sometimes I feel afraid to show anger because my skin tone. Yep. I don't want to be judged. It's bothering, it's, it's bothering me so much. I understand that. Yeah. And especially from our dark skinned black women out there, I get it. First of all, black women are already called masculine, already called bitter, all these different things, right? Like, and so it's another layer to be like, oh, and she's angry as if our anger is not justified, right? But what I was saying earlier is that I'd rather you think me bitter and angry than me kill myself. I will stand up for myself and how you respond to my anger and me and standing up for myself doesn't have to be, again, cussing you out. It could be like, I don't appreciate that. Please don't talk to me like that. Don't talk to me like that ever again. Or I will X, Y, and Z, leave, whatever, report you, whatever you need to do, right? But you have to stand up for yourself because again, quoting Audrey Lord, your silence will not save you. Your silence, you swallowing that pain and that anger, that fire will kill you. It will burn you up from the inside. It will burn you up from the inside. There are people who are sick and ill because they have not expressed that anger, right? And so, yes, people will judge you. Yes, people will call you angry. I have been called every name in the book. But at the end of the day, I care more about myself and my well-being. I have to care more about myself and my well-being because sometimes I don't. But I have to, I'm trying to get into the practice of caring more about myself and my well-being than the words of other people. And I also understand that the way that the world judges us sometimes affects us life and death, right? So I also understand that whether it's abuse or in the healthcare system, right? That, oh, we don't experience pain like everybody else. Our skin is different than everybody else. So we have to be, it's sad that we have to be calculated. But even if you have to show up a certain way in the world, when you come back home to yourself, let yourself be a safe place for your anger. Find a safe place to let out that steam. Whether, again, it's going to a rage room and breaking stuff, which was amazing. <laughs> it was so therapeutic to break stuff and not get in trouble for it. To scream, to, to cry, to journal. Like, let yourself be an honest and safe place for yourself. The world might not care and the world might not see you as human, but you got to see yourself as human. You got to reclaim yourself. You got you to choose yourself over everybody else. The thing I'm trying to repeat to myself, nothing is more important than my well-being. Nothing. No thoughts about other people as a recovering people pleaser. I would put my I would put my feelings on the back burner. I don't like confrontation. That's not fun. <laughs> I don't like telling someone that they hurt my feelings. That's vulnerable. That's scary cuz they can use that information against me. You know what I'm saying? Like they can use that, which they have done and it hurt and it sucked. But at the end of the day, I'm glad that I stuck up for myself because now, you know, now you're held accountable for it. And now I see how they're going to react and respond. And I don't have to be in a relationship with them no more because I choose myself. Right. So I understand that fear and I honor that fear and I understand that fear. I get it. But you got to choose yourself. You do. And what's also not fair is that we were born in, I mean, first of all, I love being black. I love being a black woman, right? But what's not fair is that we're in a world that doesn't honor, respect, uh, love black people. And it's not your fault and it's not your shame. 
And so I don't want you to internalize that shame and allow that shame to quiet you. Because that's not yours to deal with. Shout out to my cousin Ariel talking about, we were talking about um, daddy issues. And when she told me that the shame is not yours, I was like, whoa, that's huge. You have nothing to be ashamed about, nothing to be ashamed of. You should be proud of yourself, that you have the language, that you're giving yourself space to be human, to be free enough to be like, I am angry. I am angry. And you don't have to, and just as I say anger is sacred and holy, you don't have to show that anger to everybody that you don't want to. You know what I'm saying? Some people are just not worth the effort. It's, it, some, like, honestly, sometimes it's not worth the effort or the energy. Sometimes it's better just to process it somewhere else and just remove myself from the situation altogether, if I can, you know? So yes. Um, and in an odd way, emotional validation was a lot to ask because he didn't have it to give. That part, that part. I wish I realized that sooner and gave myself, gave to myself and left. Yes, yes. And of course, right? Everything is 2020 in hindsight. Everything hindsight is 2020, right? But we have grace with ourselves because we, we didn't know better. We didn't know. We're just figuring it out. There's grace. There's grace. Oh, thank you. Everything is politics. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the heart shape. Yes, yes. Um, I recommend the book, Turbulent Voyages. It explains so much. They know our beauty and worth. That is why they're so jealous. If we take what they say and flip it, the truth is we are awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I gotta look that up. I never heard that book. Turbulent Voyages. Thank you. Thank you. Being mature is honoring your emotions and self-respect. It is not childish to say that I'm hurt. I think that's, that's the thing here in this culture, right? In a lot of other cultures, when you are mourning someone, mourning looks different. It's for multiple days. It is like, and I'm using this as an example because I'm thinking about like other cultures and how they sit. They're not afraid or offended by their emotions. They're not ashamed of it. It's like, no, we will weep, but we will also dance. We will eat and we will laugh and we will cry and we'll hold space for each other. Like that sacred humanity that is honored in a lot of other cultures. Here in the West, it is not honored. Humanity is not honored. It is anti-human. Shout out to Trisha Hersey. This culture is anti-human. Like, it's evil. <laughs> and so there's no room for us to be human. And so we internalize that, that belief, right? Like, oh, I got to be a big boy. I got to be a big girl. I got to grow up. Put on my grown girl panties. I'm going to put on my grown girl panties and cry in the corner and eat ice cream. <laughs> I'm going to do it all because I'm grown. You know what I mean? And just think about how much, how vulnerable, how much uh, bravery it takes to be vulnerable, to be emotional, to be upset, to let people know that you're upset, to admit to yourself that you're sad. Sometimes it's hard to admit to ourselves, I'm disappointed. Without shame, I'm disappointed in this person. I feel bad. Ugh. Ah. Right? Like, so yes, being mature is honoring your emotions and self-respect. Absolutely. Hey, Tea Time Beauty. I came at the perfect time. Thank you for this beautiful reminder. I'm not, you're not alone. You're not alone. Um, it's insane to think. It's insane, the timing. I don't know what I was looking at. It's insane, the timing of the universe. I'm so grateful to be here with everyone here. Me too. I'm glad. Thank y'all for being here with me. Y'all made this podcast easier. <laughs> um, they still step on Black women to protect Black men in society, period, and it's crazy. Scary. It is. It is. It is. As someone in corporate America, showing any emotion is hard. Yes. Especially anger or even just warranted frustration, for sure. And I honor that too, because that's a whole different world. That's a whole different world. Um... And I love, I love seeing the people, 
per my last email, basically like this is where you had me messed up, right? Like saying it in a very professional way, but I understand that. I understand that. And that's why I said like, it's not fair. It's not fair. Like I wish that I had some sort of like solve for it and be like, hey, do this. And, but I also know that there's consequences that comes when black women advocate for themselves. That's the truth. There's consequences sometimes when black women advocate for themselves and it's not fair and it's not right. It's not right. And I'm sorry about that. Let's see. Um, the more reason why black women need to become more resolute on reporting abuse because these men keep quoting, quoting stats and claim the figures doesn't reflect the reality. It doesn't. Again, you will confirm your bias, whatever you believe, right? You can find the stuff to support it. But what they're saying is unfounded. It's actually like literally not true. <laughs> like literally not true. Um, absolutely. Disrespect is not going to go unnoticed. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Hey, love purple 95. And thank you for the flames. <laughs> um, oh, yay. Y'all saying hi to each other. I love that. Hello, Orichinma. I hope I'm saying that correctly. If I'm not, please correct me. But finally catching you live. You're a breath of fresh air. I, preach ev I appreciate everything you share. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I appreciate that. Yes. Thank you. Black Feminist Thought by Patricia Hill Collins. That's it. Yes. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yes. Please check it out, y'all. Um, if we collectively left this place for one month, they would turn on themselves. Facts. Facts. Um, you look beautiful. Thank you for talking about this. Thank you, Nancy Drew 22. I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Never internalize it. I'm in the skin that I am meant to be in at this point in time for a reason. In the words of, of B, um, dim, not, dim will not take my power. <laughs> thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I butchered that, but thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> Um, Alicia, you're a wonderful therapist. Thank you. Um, shout out to all the therapists out there. I'm not one, but shout out to all the therapists out there. Um, maybe I will in another life or maybe a different time become a therapist. Um, but yes, yes. Um, Highlight says, I love being a black woman. Me too. Um, in every lifetime, I'd always choose her. Same. There's not like, there's no better place to be for me. There's no better place. Right. And, um, again, how they treat us is not a reflection of us, of our worth. It's their inability to see it and honor it and to see our humanity. But that don't mean that we have to internalize that stuff. That's not ours. That's them. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Nothing. It affects me. But that mindset does not have anything to do with me. I choose to love myself, love my people, and love people that I come in contact with. And love is letting you know that, you, that you're wrong. <laughs> That's love too. Love is standing up for myself too. Love is setting a boundary with you too. And I had to learn that. Recently. So yes. Not to change the subject. No problem. But you have changed the face of the word ministry. Oh, I'm so glad to be a fly on the wall here. Thank you, Kamisi Project. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, I refuse to be anything other than my authentic self. Being authentic has opened so many, so many more doors than trying to fit in and mask my true self. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hi, Pat bro, bro. <laughs> um, I started saying no without explanation. Ooh, I'm trying to get there. Trying. With no explanation, without explanation, excuse me. That was so freeing. It was shocking for others at first, but it helped on my healing. It was hard for them to take me, to take from me. No. Yes. Yes. Especially when you're used to like, yes, absolutely. Yes. Sure. Oh, I can fit that in. Uh, I don't want to, but I guess like, you know, and then when you say no, it's like the end of the world. That's a problem. That's an issue. Nola shouty. It's necessary that we advocate for ourselves. Yes, I'm teaching my kids that as well. Thank you so much for teaching your kids that. And thank you for advocating for yourself. Thank you. Thank you. 
All things O, think about the fact that most of the books on emotions and emotional intelligence is written by Caucasians and it is not for us because it is mainly written for a white, from a white male perspective. That part, that part. And like, I have this theory and I've said this before. I think, I think a lot of men are, uh, white men specifically. I think a lot of men are sexist until prove, until unlearning sexism and misogyny and misogynoir and all this other stuff and racism and like you have to unlearn that stuff. Um, and if you're not doing that work, it's, it's going to reflect in the work that you put out. And so just think about the standard that we're using. That's why I push back on some theories and ideas because who is it coming from? What time is this coming from? What are their sources? Were we the experiment, experiments that they use? Are we, is it a theory? Because even like when people say like, oh yeah, trust the science. Well, science has also said that black people are the worst people because we're like, less evolved than other people. Who is this theory coming from? Psychologists at some point put people in an institution and gave them lobotomies. Where is this coming from? Right? Like they're like, I, I'm not to say that I'm against uh, therapy cause I'm not, I'm for it, but I'm also for a therapy and a uh, healing that is conscious and aware and sensitive to cultural experiences. And that's why I opt in to have like black woman therapists Black women doctors, like that's my, that's my preference. That's my preference because like, you get it. You see me. Like there are some things that I don't want to have to explain in a therapy session. <laughs> I went to a, um, I went to a therapist. It was a few years ago at this point, a few years ago. And it was a white woman who was a therapist. She was sweet. She was nice. But when we got into the therapy session, she started feeling sorry for me. And like, I felt like I was like, oh, it's okay. Like consoling her. And I'm like, wait, girl, I'm here for you to help me. <laughs> I'm here for you to help me. And I and it's not her bad, right? It's just not her experience. And there are just certain things that she just wouldn't understand. And it, it would have been more effort on my part to be understood than to actually begin to heal. And I didn't want to do all that. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's really important, like you're saying, like to be aware, to be aware of the cultural differences, you know, of the experience, like the class differences, like there's so many different, like we're not a monolith. We all have different experiences, all different upbringings and different situations and forms, how we look at the world. It changes how we view the world. So yes, I'm with you on that. Thank you all things though. I'm Fatima jo Jan. Hello. Hello. Thank you for the heart. Excuse me. Yay. Hello. 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 Um, let's see. A saying no is challenging. I need to go to a birthday party, but I'm literally giving myself excuses on why I need to go, but I don't want to go. Oh no, I know how that feels. I'm so sorry. I try to, when I, when I say yes, I try to honor my word. Even if I don't want to, I try to honor my word, but I know for next time, okay, this is a lesson. Like this, what is your emotions telling you? That feeling of like, I don't want to go. Uh, either don't go, right? And you can, you know, that's hard, but you can also just not go next time that you really feel like you don't want to go. Like, like, hey, we didn't like that you said yes here when you wanted to say no. You know, that's just information. It's no shame. It's just information. So next time, maybe take a day or two to process. Do I really want to go? And really trust that gut feeling because it knows. No, not really. And sometimes like the day, maybe the day you say yes and the day comes and you're like, I don't actually want to go anymore. That's okay too, you know? And if they're your friends, hopefully you can express that. Um, but yes, yes. Choosing yourself ain't easy. It's not. It's not. And like, I get it. Like, there's a lot of language out there like, choose you, do you, da 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 da. And I'm like, the people pleaser in me is like, how? How am I going to do this? I can't do this. I will die. Right? Like, so it, it takes time. 
it takes time and have grace with yourself. Yes. Yes. But always listen to yourself. And if this is like, if you really, really don't want to go, I say don't go. It's easier said than done, obviously. It's not me, right? But I say don't go. But just next time, just start again. Yes. Thank you, Cami Shepard. Thank you. And hello. Uh, just start. It will get easier. It will. It will. And it will, it will be hard at first. I'm not going to lie. It might hurt your own feelings to say no. You might want to, you know, take it back and be like, okay, never mind. I want to go. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and if you, and even if you do go, cause you don't want to go have grace with yourself there too. It's not easy to say no to people. It's hard. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's different. <laughs> I mean, it's not, but it, it makes it even more complicated and hard. So I hear you. I hear you. It's hard. It's hard. It is. It is. <laughs> um, Jane Essa Cool says, sorry to, to get off topic. No worries. But I love your song, Feel Real Ease and right here. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to my music. I appreciate that. Uh, I have music coming out on August 1st, officially. So I'm excited. And it'll be streaming on, on August 30th or 31st, whatever the last day in August is. I never know. But whatever the last day in August, it'll be streaming. But it'll be available for uh, purchase and listening on August 1st. So thank you for reminding me of that. Thank you, Jane. That's a cool. And thank you for listening. Thank you. Um, White Science said that running away from the plantation was a mental illness called, yep, uh, Drapetomania. I think that's how you say it. Drapetomania. But yes, yes, it was. It was. That's why I'm just like, everything ain't just because it's in a book, just because a white person said it, like a white man said it, and it's in a book and it's official and it's been a theory used and uh, push to other people doesn't mean it's right. It don't mean it's right. And the thing is like, our soul knows it's not right, but we're like, I guess, cause they say it's right, I guess it's right. No, you know you more than anybody else. You know when something don't feel right. It's like, ah, I don't really, something in my soul does not accept this. And they'll tell you like, oh, you're being anti-intellectual and you're, it's like, sure, maybe. But maybe I just, there's something in me that knows, something beyond this realm that knows, something beyond this textbook that is 100 years old that knows that this is, this is not right. And people will create illnesses to make you stay in line. People will, people will create, okay, this is a later conversation because their, their mental health is real. But this is this. I'm talking about this specifically. People will create things to support the evil they want to do anyway. You know what I mean? Some stuff I just don't trust. I'm like, okay, I'm going to seek a second opinion on that. But I'll come back. But yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, yes, one of the things I try to do is think about why I don't want to go. That's good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Why I don't want to go. Sometimes we do want to go. We just don't want to get dressed up. Yeah, that's true. And do all the extra stuff, all the extra. But you could just show up as you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And yes, I understand that. The pressure, the family pressure. Because it's, it's not just like, oh... I'm not coming to my friends. Oh, your auntie, your uncles, like all the people, like, where were you at? So yes, yes. As a first generation Jama Jamaican Nigerian, I have to say some black Americans do to us what white Americans do to them. Oh God. We must see the shared experience across the globe. Another level of rejection. Thank you for sharing that all things oh. Um, yes, and I hear you. Yes. And this is not, um, yes, I hear you. I, I want to respond to this. I don't want to be harmful with what I'm about to say. And so I'm trying to think if I should say it. But yes, um, I agree. We all have internalized anti-blackness. <laughs> anti-blackness is global. We all have internalized classism. 
internalized misogynoir, internalized misogyny, internalized ableism, right? Like we all, the harm that's done to us, we have all been complicit or have all pushed that harm to other people as well. Um, And I have seen this the other way too. I have seen and heard personally Nigerian, Sierra Leonean Americans who I went to school with say awful and mean things to black Americans too, which is awful. It's awful. Both ways is awful. And I think that we, uh, not we both, we all, the diaspora has a lot of work to do in mending these relationships, unlearning the colonization, unlearning the anti-blackness, right? Like the, like all the things. And it's a complicated situation. I'm here for it. It's layered, it's nuanced, it's difficult, but yes, but I agree, I agree. Okay, good, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad it's helpful. Hi, Lance Helm. People tend to assume and guess when it's too late to just ask or do, don't focus on anyone else, period. Excuse me, or don't focus on anyone else, period. Just live your life. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Thank you, thank you. Yes, yes. Um, that's my mom, she's doing a great job. I see the change as a fellow empath. That's beautiful, yay, yay. Okay, yay, awesome, okay. That makes me happy, I'm excited. And my motivation for choosing me is not wanting to experience the pain of suppressing myself for others again. It was killing me and I deserve better than that. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Because it literally is killing. Like, it, it, it literally is killing us. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, good convo. I've been processing too. There's a great talk with Nikki Giovanni and James Baldwin from, a long, from long ago. Great insight. I've appreciated connecting with my African diaspora. Here's, here's to us. Absolutely. Here's to us. And yes, I saw a clip from that interview like a couple of days ago. And I want to see the whole thing. But yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, you're spot on on the scientific analysis. It has to be said. It has to. Like, it's just, I, there's a lot. <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there. Yes, yes. Um, black people need to um, an- address their internalized anti-blackness. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, boom. I'm from Caribbean roots, Trini Mix. Race learning about racism. We didn't understand as children and our mom couldn't explain. Now I'm deep and now I'm deep Buffalo soldier history here in the border. Intense. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. This is it. The root is, colon- yes. Yes. Colonialism. Keeping us apart and at each other. Absolutely. That's it. At the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's it. Um, I'm a therapist and the DSM-5 criteria for mental illness often do not take into account the experience of black people, specifically PTSD. Thank you for sharing that, Marna. And hello. Thank you for sharing that and giving that insight because yes, like it's not, it's so complicated. Like it's very specific. Like there are very specific things that black people experience that other people do not. And we have to talk about that. And so, yes. But yes, I hope that you all enjoyed this conversation about anger and rage and fear and pain and all the things. I hope that it was helpful. Thank you so much for helping me to record my podcast. I'm going to upload this to my podcast to be released tomorrow. Um, The podcast is called The Love Letter Project. And it's just like audio versions of this, what we do here, of videos I've made. And um, thank you for helping to process these feelings. And thank you, um, Benson Jones Jr. Hey, shout out to you. Hey, Taylor, Anastasia. Thank you so much for the like and the love on Facebook. And yes, please, if you like this video, please like the video. It'll help it get out to other people. And yeah, I hope that you have, again, a wonderful weekend, an amazing Sunday. Um, This is the video for Sunday. So thank you for helping me create it to each of you. 
Oh, thank you. Everything is politics. This was a brilliant segment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Nala Shadi. Thank you. And please understand, like, your anger is sacred. It is holy. It is God-given. It is a gift. You do not have to be ashamed of it. Don't let other people gaslight you into thinking that something is wrong with you or you're the wrong one for feeling how you feel. Your anger is trying to tell you something. Also remember that you don't have to stay here. You don't have to stay here. Give room for your anger to breathe and to process and then use that anger as inspiration to do the thing, to do the thing you need to do. Leave the situation, start the movement, right? Type up the resignation letter. <laughs> do what you gotta do to save you because your anger is just trying to protect you, trying to love you, trying to show you where they had you messed up. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. Uh, you're great. You're great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you all so much. Yes. Make sure to like. Thank you so much. All things though. Thank you. Um, Net here. Hi. Thank you for this message. Thank you for being here. I appreciate that. Again, I'm gonna just read this to y'all one more time before we head out. My anger is divine. My anger is holy and sacred. It is a God-given gift to heal, correct, repair. I honor my anger, my rage, and my pain. I make room for all of myself. Even the parts of me I have been taught to be ashamed of. There is no shame here. I am safe. I accept that I am angry. I am afraid. I am hurt. Thank you, anger, for caring for me, for keeping me safe, and for helping me to serve others. Thank you for being patient with me. Whew. Thank you for seeing, seeking to free me and to show me where I am hurt, disappointed, and grieved. Show me what it is that I can do in collaboration with you. Show me all we can heal, make right, and all that we can serve. I give myself permission to be human, to be feeling, because I am a safe space for all of myself, for all of my emotions. Show me what you've been trying to tell me. I am listening. And listen in and ask, what is your anger trying to tell you? Okay, so I love you guys. Happy Saturday. The rain has passed. The sun is coming out through the clouds. That's actually really like beautiful and poetic. We've been talking about like heavy things. It's been raining, windy, and now the sun is coming out. And I really do believe that when we process our pain and our, our anger and our sorrow and our hurt, then that's when we get to the other side, the light at the end of the tunnel. You know what I mean? But you got to go through those, those storms first. It's going to get wet and messy. The wind is going to blow. It's going to be uncomfortable, right? But we're going to endure that like the discomfort so that we can get to the other side of peace, of the light on the other end of the tunnel. You know what I'm saying? Thank you, God. That's beautiful. God is beautiful. Anyway. <laughs> oh, hi, JDB Draws. Hello. Hello. And no worries. Sorry. We're, we're just wrapping up here. But I'm going to leave the replay up so you can watch if you want to watch. And yes. Aw, much love to y'all. Um, thank you for being brave. I got skates too. Yay! I'm happy thinking of you all. Here's to rolling and feeling our groove. Thank you for sharing space and heart to all of you, all of you beautiful souls. Stay human. Yes, stay human. Stay human. Aw, let's talk about it with Mara. Mara, I keep saying Mara. Please forgive me. Let's talk about it with Mara. Thank you so much. And y'all check out Mara's channel. Beautiful. I'm so excited for you. I'm so excited. Thank you, Nightlight. Hey, thank you. Thank you. I'm Queen Jasmine. I love your videos. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, we got a rainbow after the storm. Yes. Stay hope filled. Oh, God is romantic. Okay. So anyway, I hope that you all have a wonderful evening. I'm going to go enjoy my Saturday and enjoy your Sunday. Rest, feel, grieve, all the things. Be human. Love yourself. Love others. And I'll talk to you all in the next video. Okay. Bye, everybody. Yay. <laughs>